Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Happy first Thursday in March. I think it's starting to feel a little bit like spring. And, you know, it's so weird because in like two weeks, it's going to be like a year that we've been in this pandemic. It's Mm. absolutely crazy. And my guest today, we are going to talk about so much about living our truest life. And this is what the show is all about. It's about educating you guys, empowering you and inspiring you to go out and live a fearlessly authentic life because we only have this one life. And as my guest will tell you, she talks a lot about death. And I want you know, we'll, we're going to get in, we're going to get into all of that because, you know, death is something that we're all going to face at one, at one point in our life, you know, what two things, right? Taxes and death. So with no further ado, I would like to introduce you to my guest, Susie Moore. Welcome to the show, Susie. Oh, Jody, I'm so happy to be with you. I am so. Things. <laughs> you, did you like my intro music? Oh, I loved it. I was oh, thank you. <laughs> I think it's kind of girly, girly. So when I have guys on my show, I think they're like, uh, okay. But but Aaron, the uh, technician, the the this the master, greatest, of yes, life. the master of everything behind this show here. Uh, he he like gets his groove down, so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to introduce you to the audience and just give them a little tidbit about what who you are and what you're about, even though there's so much more than this brief paragraph. Uh, Susie Moore is a Miami-based life coach and author. She's been featured on the Today Show, Refinery29, Forbes, Oprah.com, and more. Order her new book, Stop Checking Your Likes, Shake Off the Need for Approval, and Live an Incredible Life. And you could get that on Amazon. And so welcome, welcome. I am so enjoying your book. Oh, thank you, Jody. It's actually National Book Day today, somebody told me. So I'm oh my just goodness. rolling with it and enjoying it, you know? I love <laughs> it. Yep, I've got it right here. It's so pretty. It's really eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Um, so enough about the aesthetics. Let's get into, as they say. I remember when I started my business mm-hmm. and uh, the person who was helping me said, you want to be all stuff and no fluff. You don't want to be known as that girl, that woman or that woman who is all about the fluff because you've got to teach people things and you need people to walk away and learning things and fitness, nutrition, whatever, whatever it is. That's my field. So I first want to ask you why you decided to write this book. Mm, well, one thing that I noticed working as a coach in different kind of realms, life coach, business coach, etc. I just realized over the years increasingly that, you know, of course we fear failure, right? Failure is a scary thing for humans, but at our core level, we know we can, we'll live, right? We know that we can lose money. We can have a failed something. We can launch something and have no one interested and we'll get by. Like, you know, we can always start again. 
what really scares us is the judgment from other people about our failures. And it's really interesting because the thing itself isn't so bad, but it's the, what will everybody say? Will everybody know? Are they going to think that I'm a loser? Uh, Is this going to be really embarrassing? You know, am I going to lose my, whatever it may be, my status, my friends? And the judgment is the scariest part. So when I think we can put the judgment into perspective and be lighter about it and realize that the whole world isn't obsessed with us uh, and they're not checking our likes, (laughs) then essentially it just, it becomes easier for us to be ourselves. I, I love how you have this, you know, you say, so what, so many times in the book. And I wish I, I am, I am so not a so what person. And so to hear you say, so what, and it's, you know, whatever's going on in your life right now, so what it's temporary. And I, I, I'm like, I need to adopt that mindset. And going back to what you just said regarding the judgment, I think you're, you are absolutely correct because mm-hmm. I remember when I was contemplating divorce in my last, in my late thirties, mm-hmm. I had two young children and, you know, from the outside, we, we had life by the balls, mm-hmm. you know, the house, the cars, the vacations, the private school, the beautiful, healthy children, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, everything, everything that you think, quote unquote, mm-hmm. you want to achieve that you want and I remember you talking about this story about your friend who lived in this beautiful um, Connecticut house. Yeah. No, the Connecticut house, but she had a sister who lived in the city who didn't think she was enough. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I had to throw away, I had to throw out what my friends would think of me if I got divorced, because I already knew that they thought I was a moron for divorcing because they thought, why would you walk away from all of this? And my my answer to them was because I have to sleep with this man every night. Oh, look at your puppy. Um, I have to sleep with this man and it's not, it's, I'm not happy anymore. And I know you've gone through a divorce too, and but you were very, very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, we fear the judgment. I think if we got rid of that judgment, we would be more authentic and live fearlessly authentic because we wouldn't fear the judgment. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Fear of judgment, it's the biggest dream killer. I mean, when you think about people who have succeeded really in anything, including having a happy relationship, take, you know, making, a, making a move, taking a risk, kind of, I mean, I, I grew up in the UK. I left the UK when I was 18. I've never lived there again. I went to France and to Australia, then the US. There are no rules, Jody. right? We will believe that there are rules because our parents, our friends, whatever community we're in, but there are many communities. There are many ways and places and styles in which you can live your life and nothing's right or wrong. It's not as if there's a a check sheet or a box to to hit in order to be successful. You want to have abundance? Sure. You want to feel like you have freedom, but that looks very different to everybody. And when you kind of think, oh, how was how she doing it? How was he doing it? How did my parents do it? You're missing out, right? Your, your, your vision is very, very small. Your book just resonated with me so much. I couldn't put it down because I just saw so many things you were talking about. And I just said, I, I, I again, I need to adopt that attitude because that, that, that's why the name of the show is Fearlessly Authentic, because mm-hmm. that is the goal by the time I die, is mm-hmm. to be living that fearlessly authentic life. And once once I did take that risk and get divorced, then mm-hmm. the whole world opened up for me. I mean, it's been nothing but achievement and success. And yes, I had success before I got married and before I was a stay-at-home mom and had two kids, but it it was blowing up after I was 
divorce because I was free to make those decisions. So mm-hmm. you have a very interesting story mm-hmm. about how you grew up. I mean, mm-hmm. wow. And I, I, I would love for you to share a little bit about that and what you really have, you know, a lot of balls. Like you do not let anything stop you. And I love, I just love the attitude of continuing to take the risks because if you didn't take the risks, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have this best-selling book. You wouldn't be who you are. Mm -hmm. And I applaud you so much. And, you know, you've done so much in such a short period of your life. So share with, share with everybody, like how you grew up, because it's, it's kind of a heartbreaking story, but you took the good out of it. Oh, it's, thank you, Jody. I mean, I, it's, it's almost funny because when I speak about my story, it's almost like quite shocking, but it's, I'm so okay with it. Like I'm so okay with it. So I do have a lightness even when I speak about my past. I mean, I grew up in the UK. My dad died of alcoholism when I was 19. Anyone who's had an addict for a parent knows what that's like. A lot of change, a lot of chaos, a lot of inconsistency, unpredictable behavior. My mom, because we lived in domestic violence shelters because she didn't feel safe. My dad was abusive. And we lived in a series of shelters. I actually didn't know the total. We went to over 20, 25 schools, like moved around constantly. I was always, you know, poor, getting donations from the church, hand-me-downs from, you know, uh, donation bins, etc. And... Uh, then, you know, stumbled upon like self-help as a teenager, realized that I could take responsibility for my life. And, you know, victimization was a story that I would tell myself. And I'm not joking, Jodie. I think once you kind of let information into your mind that is true for you, change can happen instantly. And I knew that I had big dreams. Now, I, I, I felt like my life was special and I wanted it to be not just, you know, successful, but a you, lot of fun. A lot yeah, of you didn't life. want it to be ordinary. You weren't going to live in no! a mediocre life. I am. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. And I could tell and you have such joy. I wish everybody could see all the joy in you. And when when in reading the book, you guys have to get the book because you teach so many great lessons mm-hmm. and coming from where you did. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they talk about, people talk about, you know, not being a victim. Mm -hmm. I have never, and you talk also about, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, (laughs) One of the things that you mentioned in the book is you can talk to several, uh, you talk to siblings. And I think Mm -hmm. we talked upon this very Mm -hmm. quickly when we were on the phone about how your siblings can all have a different Mm -hmm. um, attitude about the way you were raised. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, and this is, if you speak to any siblings, right, or even any co-workers in an office, whatever it may be, if you speak to them separately, you'll often think that they're not from the same family or they don't work in the same office. Such is the power of our own mind and our own perception. So if I have to tell a story, if there's a story, like a narrative attached to my life, like in everybody else's life, why wouldn't I choose the best one? Like, that's really up to me. And the same goes for really any situation. If I'm waiting in line at Whole Foods or if I'm considering a business move, whatever it is, the story I tell myself, it's going to be a good one when I'm conscious. Not always, right? I have my moments. We all do. We have our fears, our self-doubts. They creep in. But I'm always kind of reminded of the, the power and the options that I have because I've trained myself to get there. And so... My I have four older sisters, we all have a very different story, different memories, a different experience. 
And one thing that I love to to say and repeat is that, you know, we always think like the, the past creates the present. I believe that the present creates the past, meaning whatever you want, right? Whatever story you're telling now in the present, it then shapes what you say about your history and what you feel and believe and recall about your history. And the way that I look at it is there's this old saying, right, that rough seeds don't make a good sailor. I feel like I had a lot of experiences early that were difficult and they've just informed me. And I don't have a lot of judgment around, you know, how people live. I've been in different, I've, I've lived different ways and it's, it's been a gift. Like my afflictions have made me wise and I'm easier going. I was, I was going to ask that about your afflictions, about your adversity and the way you grew up. Do you think that people who have that adversity have maybe a leg up on me? Well, I guess it really depends on them, but maybe a leg up and says, you know, I grew up so shitty that I'm going to make the best life. Whereas maybe somebody who grew up let's just use the word entitled, didn't have to worry about anything, doesn't have that work ethic or doesn't want to like crawl out of that hole and and live a bigger life. Do you have any yeah. feelings yeah. on that? What do you yeah, think? This, you know, this question comes up and then, I, but then I see a lot of people too who've had struggle and they haven't wanted to turn it into anything. They haven't wanted, wanted to take it and, uh, and use it as fuel for anything. So I think it depends so much on the individual, which again is so great because you are the individual who gets to the side. And I can be like, yeah, my family had no money, right? I was given kind of nothing, right? In fact, I support my mom and I'm financially, I'm proud to do that. Yeah. And I think that isn't that a privilege? Like I get to do that now. I've set up my life in a way where that's an option. And I have only love and adoration for everyone in my family. And how I live my life is maybe a little bit different and that's because I want to. <laughs> do you do do people ever say to you you are so, I mean Susie you are so optimistic and you don't yeah. you just you're so I just so optimistic you were talking about at one point in the book uh working out with a friend and mm-hmm. she was really self-loathing. Mm. And the other girls, you know, gathered around like, no, you're great. You look beautiful. You're wonderful. No, no, no. Go eat that, you know, ice cream sundae. You'll be fine. And then finally you were like, what did you say? What did you say to her? Do you remember? Oh, yes. And I say this actually lovingly now. If someone wants to consistently put themselves down to me, then I just say, you know, what? I'm not going to defend you anymore (laughs) because I will once or twice. Right. We can have the conversation. But your projection of yourself, how you're feeling about yourself is, isn't something that I can soothe you with. And so I'm just going to listen. I feel the same way. I am old enough, uh, lived enough, long, long enough life. I just turned 60 in December and I know, and it's, it's kind of crazy to think of that, but you get to a point and maybe, you know, you talk about your mom, I think she's 70 or yeah, maybe a little 80, bit, yeah. almost 80. Okay. So, uh, and you don't want to wait too long to have these revelations that I'm having. Um, and because I love that you referenced this. If you, if you live until you're 85 years old, you have, you have lived 1000 months. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And it, that really put a lot of things in perspective for me. And, you know, I'm always on the go, 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 but I don't, one of the reasons I want people to read your book and to to listen to this is because I don't want them wasting their time, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the reasons that I love doing the show is because I want to educate people so they don't waste time. They don't wait as long as I did to start living the life that they want to live because life goes by fast. 
Oh, yes. And actually, a friend just sent me a picture of herself when she was in college. She just sent it to me. And I was like, oh, that's such a beautiful picture. And she's like, and I said immediately, what would you tell that girl? Like, what would you tell that girl now? And she's like, oh, I'd tell her that she's really pretty. And I'm like, well, tell yourself that now, because in even 10 years, you're going to look at photos of today, 2021, and be like, oh, it's cute. (laughs) And also, I think it's important to know that when we put ourselves down, sometimes we think, you know, it'll bring us compliments or maybe it's cute to be self-effacing. And look, sometimes it can be. It's also high maintenance for other people. And it's not their job to boost you. And so one thing I think sometimes, Jodi, people aren't even conscious of is that they're doing that. You know, and self-awareness is really the key to so much. And have you ever heard anyone even describe themselves like as a negative person? Like never like, well, I'm a bit of a negative person. We don't even know. And if our energy is a heavy one or I need you to support me or I'm going to say something bad so you can then meet it with something kind, it's pressure on other people. And I'm not into it. (laughs) Like I, I, I don't do it. I don't respond. Good. I agree. And I've had that situation with clients and mm-hmm. with my daughters mm-hmm. and with other friends. And I just, you know, you kind of feel bad for them because mm-hmm. you want them to love themselves. And if you right. keep feeding into that self-loathing, then you're right. It's a lot of work. So what do you, what is, what do you suggest for somebody who has who can recognize that they are, I mean, self-loathing is kind of a strong word. Maybe there's another word that you use, but mm-hmm. somebody who constantly needs to be picked up by others. And there's something that I wrote down that don't depend, you say in your book, don't depend on others to pick you up. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, look at you always at the mercy of someone hopefully doing the right thing by you, right? That's no way to live. The way that I think about it, Jody, is the most generous way that I can live is approving of myself. I like how I look. I think I'm great. I think I'm fun. I think I look good. I think that, you know, whenever something is handed to me an opportunity, I can handle that. I'm competent enough. Being an example is the most generous way to live, right? Because we learn through real life examples. Like, If you see a woman who's confident, who's doing it, living it, taking risks, okay when she fails, okay if she's not a supermodel, okay, 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 then you're like, oh, she's, yeah, maybe I can. She's got it going on. She's got it going on. Maybe that's available for me too. And Jody, I tell you, I would, it's almost like I have this joke with my friends. I would pay anyone who can find proof of me putting myself down or a time that I've done that. I don't. And I don't do it because I'm flawless. That's impossible, right? We're all humans. But it's because that isn't something that I'm interested in. I'm not available for that. And that's a very powerful choice. And we all have it. How did you get to that mentality? Where did, was it always, is it innate? Was it something you developed as a child? No, no. Well, you observe it, right? I think that through, well, look, I mean, I, I'm very open about the fact that I consume a lot of self-help. I've read all of the books. It, I mean, if you saw my bookshelf, I mean, it's my my proudest, happiest thing. My most joyful thing is, you know, reading. And so I've learned a lot throughout, you know, the, just the journey of growing up. But even just kind of observing, like, who, who, who do I love? Who do I respect? Who would I like to be? They're not busy putting themselves down, right? They're not busy looking for assurance from others. They're not busy kind of regretting their failures or dwelling on anything. They're thinking about the next thing, having a good time, allowing it to be easy. And that is a conscious decision, right, to, to, be, to, to be in that group, like to, to do that. And I think a lot of things come to you when you vibrate differently and you're not in the, the space of, oh, yeah, but this, or I'm waiting for that. And when I lose weight or when da-da-da-da-da, it's like, who's got time for that? <laughs> Right, Jody. We don't we we don't have time. And I I I if I'm honest with you, I spent a lot of my time self-loathing. 
and self-doubt. I spent so much of my life up until the time I got divorced. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped. I mean, you know, it, it, I hear that voice every once in a while, you know, the self-doubt saying, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole, are you good enough? Or, you know, the imposter syndrome, that all that BS Mm -hmm. that, but I don't allow myself to feed into it because I, I just feel that I've gone through so much. Yeah. So what do you, how do you, when a client comes to you and Mm -hmm. says, I've got, I, I, I really don't like myself and I, I do like myself, but I keep putting myself down and it's stopping me from getting from point A to B to C to where I want to reach success. How do you work with somebody like that? Where do you start? Oh, it's a, this is a great question. The first thing that we do, and often this is sometimes even enough, is questioning the thoughts you have about yourself, right? So people will say the things that we say in our own mind, we almost aren't even aware. And again, this is where self-awareness comes in, but we'll say I'm too old. I'm not attractive. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm behind. I mean, we all know, right? Like there, this could go on for three hours, right, Jody? Right. All the things that we that we say. And so I'll say, okay, great. Let's hear some of the things that you're believing. And like, say it out loud, right? Let, I'm, I'm too old. I'm behind. I suck at this. I'm terrible at. I'm a loser, right? Real, real thoughts. And then I'll say, okay, let's go through them. Okay, you are a loser. You're a loser, okay. Let's, let's talk about that. Okay. You're a loser. Is that true? <laughs> right. And right. often it's, it's unquestioned. The thought isn't even questioned. It's like, I'm a loser. And just because that thought comes up or it's on, you know, repeat, then we just believe it. Right. And we can choose different beliefs. Like beliefs are self-created and you know, the way that the subconscious mind works, it never makes us a liar. So if we believe something, our subconscious will always seek affirmative truth. So if I think I'm a loser, then of course, I'm not going to get the opportunities. I'm going to fail. I'm going to, you know, small things will happen that just that consistently prove that I'm always losing. And I'm not interested in that. Right. No. And so when we put quite like an on it, a, a truth can't withstand questioning. So, you say you say that in your book about facts. I mean, thoughts and feelings are not facts, mm-hmm. and that really rang true to me because so many people feel a certain way about a prospect. I mean, you know, something a, a job about themselves, about their life, mm-hmm. but it's not a fact. And I, so you really call them out on it and say, yeah. "Okay, you're you're a loser." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay, you're a loser. Now, do you really okay. feel like you're a loser? Better, better leave now. Like. Yep. You're done for. <laughs> yeah. So I admit, like I like to make this funny, right? Because sometimes we think, oh, we have to get so heavy to heal and do this like regression therapy. Yes. I, I don't believe that. And change can happen quickly. Like it can happen instantaneously when we stop believing something that isn't true. And so if, you know, say if someone's like, I'm a loser, I'm like, what if I spoke to your husband? What if I spoke to your best friend? What if I spoke to your daughter? What if I spoke to, you know, one of your clients? Would they say, oh, you're such a loser? Well, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't because they're married to you. They work with you. They love you. You know, so like what else could be true? And so once you kind of just investigate a little more, right, the the examining the thoughts, then we can, we start to choose something else. We just start to see another way. And then we can't go back. Like once the truth is revealed, we can't go back. That's, that's just fascinating. I think more people need to do that. And the fact that you do so much with humor yeah, and it, it's, that is just so helpful because we are, and there was something you said about a four-year-old or a five-year-old laughs 300 times a day, a 40-year-old laughs four times a day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll say to my husband, you know, 
I have a laugh today. I have a laugh today. Like I need to laugh. It's like sex. You need to laugh. You need to have sex. You need to work out. You need to be with your girlfriends, with your guy friends. I mean, these are all things that give us texture and life and pull us up. And I mean, not that we're looking at our friends or others to pull us up, but it's the people that you surround yourself with. Oh, yeah. Hopefully all those are positive things. But yeah, that laughter, like I swear, laughter and sex can like make you oh. five five years younger. Oh, uh, well, and Jody, you would know you. I mean, woof, looking at you. I mean, oh, what I, would, I mean, it, it, when did we get so serious? Like when did we're not making it out alive? I know. <laughs> what sign? What sign are you? Um, I'm Capricorn. So am I. Ah! Wait, when's your birthday? January 2nd. Okay, I'm December 27th. So we are supposed to be like super serious people, achievers, and so on. And sometimes I have to just say to myself, Jody, snap out of it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I swear when we have these stressful thoughts, the, the thoughts that feel heavy, that make our body tense, that age us, we are believing something that is not true. And we're taking it too seriously. We're taking ourselves too seriously. It's like, okay, something goes wrong. One time I, I shared this in the book. I send out an email where I have a, a nice email list that's always growing. And I send it out like with the wrong links. And you would think I had this like terrible, like life and death situation. And hey, I just, I, I, I remember just sending out, whoops, like da da da, broken link. Uh, and some, I remember people writing back, really nice to know that you're human. Right. <laughs> There's not a robot on that side. Well, like, you do. You do seem pretty perfect. I got to tell you. I oh, mean, no. from the time that like how you just roll with the punches and found laughter. And I mean, the story about your dad with oh, yeah. the two women and oh, like, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> and the ice cream. Yeah. The two quote unquote women. Um, women who were paid for their bodies. Yeah. Yes. What's wrong with that? Like, no. you can do that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, get paid, whatever. Uh, it's but you like rolled with the punches. And, you know, I don't know if it was from your parents that you got that. It's just it's I really believe Susie, it's a gift. And I mean, I felt that throughout the whole book. And I just think that everybody needs to have that attitude, myself included, for sure, because I take myself way too seriously. And I and I really don't need to, you know, because <laughs> it's I, I don't. And I, I love what I'm doing. So it's just, um, it, yeah, it's you. I'm adopting new attitudes as I was reading your book. And I think we are going to a break in a, a minute or two. But uh, yes, in one minute, we are going to a break. So when we come back, we're going to just break here right now. And when we come back, I want to finish. I want to go through a bunch of the chapters about like your most important chapters. I mean, I have all these notes that I want to ask you about, but let's I want to go through the chapters to let everybody know what they could learn from you. So we'll be right back in a few minutes, everybody. Stick with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code PODCAST to get 25% off. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am with my wonderful guest, Susie Moore, today, who's just talking about how we can infuse laughter into our lives and just sort of like not take ourselves so darn seriously so we can go out and live that fearlessly authentic life because, you know, we've only got this one life to live and it goes around fast. So I'm just telling you from my perspective here that I got a lot of living to do. There's a Broadway song that I, from like uh, an Anne Margaret Mm-hmm. show. I think wow. uh, I can't remember. I know you don't know. I'll let you know what it is. Anyway, welcome back, Susie. Thank you. Um, so we want to touch about upon three things right now because I don't want to lose the time because we can chat about everything. But let's get right into it. What What is confidence? What What? Mm-hmm. Let's Let's go into what confidence means. What confidence is. Mm-hmm. Confidence is in my opinion, the best quality to nurture within yourself because it supports everything else that you do. Interchangeable with courage, right? But we get confidence wrong. We think that confidence is, you know, being really good at things and confidence is maybe something that some people are born with or if you're good looking or educated, then you can be confident. It's like, okay, that's okay for you. Confidence is completely a decision. Anyone can decide to be more confident. And what confidence really means, it's simple, right? We can think it's all these fancy things. It is simply your willingness to be uncomfortable. 
Confident people are willing to be uncomfortable. They're willing to ask somebody out and have them say no. They're willing to ask for a collaboration and get shut down. They're willing to pitch the media and get rejected. And because by virtue of their own confidence, they do a lot more things and success is volume in so many cases. So they achieve a lot, right? So confidence, confidence will always underpin a successful person. There are no exceptions to this. Right. So how willing are you to be wrong, to be rejected, shut down, embarrassed, humiliated, whatever is so terrifying for people. If you're willing to withstand a temporary emotion that won't kill you, then what isn't available for you? You become this unstoppable force. It, that's <laughs> I I can't argue with you. That's true. When I think about anything that I've done that took me forever to do because Mm -hmm. I am not spontaneous. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't think you're spontaneous, but I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, if it it feels right, sure. Yeah. um, (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. Is like, are you willing to, to get it wrong for the tech not to work out with something to say the wrong thing on live television? Like, are you willing? Like, so give me some examples when you did that. Oh my God. Well, I've always, I've been married twice. I introduced myself to each husband, myself. I made, I introduced myself. (laughs) Wait, how did you meet Heath? Forget about the first husband. I want to know all about Heath. You met him in Australia, right? Yeah, in Australia at a concert. We met there and I was with my friend and we, you know, we spotted him. We were both single at the time and I noticed his tall, kind of handsome fella. And I said to my best friend, what do you think of the tall one in this group? And she's like, oh, for you or for me? And I'm like, for me. me. (laughs) I spotted him. I want him. Yeah, I've got dibs on this one. (laughs) And, you know, we're at the concert. We were young. We were going somewhere else afterwards. But I'm like, wait, hang on. I've just got to give him my number before I leave. He gets, and so I, you know, we would chat a little bit. And then I said, you know, I'm leaving. You should take my number and call me tomorrow. And he did. He took my number. He called me. We've been married for 11 years oh, uh, this year. So thank you. But that, you know, and sometimes ladies, I mean, I, I don't get into the dating world ever in terms of advice, but men aren't confident. It's not as if, you know, men just have this natural air of being able to you know, f- feel no insecurity or f- have no fear of rejection, they do too. And so I, it, it's a, a risk worth taking in a lot of cases. So what's the worst that could happen to be like, yeah, I'm not interested. I'd get over that pretty quickly. So Right, right. Worth. And then you found yourself when you moved to the US mm-hmm. getting getting a job in the tech world when you yes. had no tech background. Oh, no, <laughs> I tell you, and Jody, I have a high school education. Right. I'm self-taught in everything. And so if someone's like, this is another uh, belief and untrue thought. People okay. think I can't get ahead. I haven't been to college. I can't make six figures, seven figures, whatever it is. I haven't been to college. Neither have I. I am right there with you. Oh, I can't you know, be in the media because I'm not. Da, 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 da. Neither am I. Right. This is the most generous way you can live your life by showing what can be available to others by doing it yourself. And so I, yeah, I, I, I would just approach people, ask for opportunities, ask for coffee, share what, use what you've got. That's one of my chapters. You know, it's like, use what you have that works for you. Dial, dial your strengths up. Let them silence out everything else and let the world respond. You'll see how the world responds once you make the decision to be confident. Don't you feel that when you do dial your strengths up that you attract that, uh, that strength, right? It comes okay. right back at you really, really quickly. 
Oh, yes, because whatever you're focusing on, it just it, ha- it has to expand, right? Like this is just the way that the brain works. We can't constantly shut things out. We can just immerse ourselves in what we want to think about and what we want to feel. And so I would, even though I didn't have kind of all the checkmark qualifications required for something like a job, I'd be like, but you know, what, what do I do have? I do have a few things. So I'm going to milk every single strength <laughs> that's within me and I mean, it, it, that turned out really nicely. I had a really nice tech career for a long time and I enjoyed it. So, And do you think you faked it till you made it or did you just know that you had the, some of the qualities of the job and you knew darn well that you believed in yourself enough yeah. that you were going to be successful? Like you manifested it or I don't know if you use that word at all. Yeah, but, I do. Yeah, I yeah. do. I tell you what, Jody. I think people are far more competent than they realize and a lot of people can do a lot more jobs than they realize. Like, for example, if I was going into real estate, I would have made a success of that. If I was going into, I don't know, something else, I would have, you know, this is true for most people. And so when we argue for our advantages, right, when we argue for what it is that we can do, then the world just starts to, opportunities just start to appear because we're willing, like we're willing to see them, seize them. But if we don't do that, then nothing can meet us, like, because we're not showing up. And so this fake it so you make an expression, I know it's used a lot. I think, sure, it's cool. But I think it's not like faking it. It's just doing something until you become it. Right? And it's the confidence, the confidence, going back to the word confidence, knowing that I could do this. Like, I could do this. I may not be, you know, have the MBA from the Wharton School, but I know, I know that I've got the skills and I'm going to work my ass off because I know I, I could do this. Yes. And when you think about it, Jody, if someone's like, I'm not a public speaker, I can't speak, or, you know, I could never run a marathon, run a marathon, do a few talks, and you're a marathon runner and you're a speaker. Congratulations, right? Like, it's the, the that action, easy. That's how you become it. It's like you do the thing, you become it, there's no arguments, and no one questions you. When you don't question you, no one questions you. So I... be your own lawyer, right? Be your own publicist, right? I always say, like, defend, like, and not even defend because that's like, it feels like it, there's something pushing against you. It's not pushing against you, like, you are pushing against you. So, so stop. Yeah, we are our worst, own worst enemy. We're our only enemy. Yeah. 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 It's really true. You know, I, I've mentioned this a few times on the show, but when I started competing in fitness shows, every mm-hmm. I had no support from anybody in my life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I ended up divorcing two of my friends who just thought it was dumb and that I was too old at 46 to get on my stripper heels and put on a little bikini, but it was I all- love, it, I love that, that get rid of those friends and put on those stripper heels. Yep, yep. And I had a great therapist at the time and she said, get rid of them, like put them yep. away and move on. And if you feel that this is where your journey is supposed to begin. And then once I prepped for the show and my coach kept saying to me, so uh, Harrison, when are you getting on stage? I'm like, ah, oh, six more months. Oh, I need to work out three more months. Oh, maybe like, I don't think my ass is tight enough or whatever it was. And she's like, you're ready. Boom. Boom. And it was my lack of confidence in myself. And that was the first step walking on that stage. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I was super uncomfortable. But what I knew was that my body was strong. It was symmetrical. It was muscular, but feminine. And I just knew that I was going to rock it. And I did. And I went off to win two world championships at 49. So it's, it is, it's that confidence. Um, Really, I love that you just pull that right back to that at the end of the day, it's confidence. 
Oh, it, it, I mean, what else? If you're, if you have all the skills, all the talents and no confidence, you may as well not have any of them, any of those skills and talents. And look at Jody going on stage, uncomfortable, ass not tight enough, something else, you know, not feeling quite ready. And, and then how did you become ready? Right. Like, yeah. And I'm competing against all these young girls. I'm perimenopausal. And these girls are like 22. And, you know, it's just like, hey, guys, you know, it's, yeah, this is and not Jody, a normal thing. you probably already realized this because I'm sure people have told you, but there'll be people who'll be like, oh, you're my hero. You give me permission. I see you. See, that's a generous act how you're living your life. As an, a woman who's older than your con- 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 contestant, the other contestants, is that, if that's the right word, look at you doing it. There, for every person who tells you you inspire them, there are hundreds who don't. And you just, you living your life is like, wow, what can, can I do that? I mean, can, you know, aging for women, is a sensitive thing. It's real. And if I'm like oh, yeah. watching Jody on stage with those heels and that great pod, <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like this is, this is a uh, joy for us. It is. It is. And, and you're, you're just bringing so much joy into my life right now. I can't even <laughs> tell you. I'm just, I'm obsessed with you. Obsessed. Um, All right, let's go on to another subject because we know confidence is at the center of everything. Yes, everything. Um, The other thing that you uh, mentioned is that you're qualified Mm -hmm. because you were born. Let's get into that. (laughs) What qualifies a person, right? I mean, like if we look at it, and by the way, this is kind of one reason I love to live in different countries because if you live in different countries, you realize that people value different things. There are different cultures. And then you realize there really are no rules. There are just kind of typical ways things are done wherever you live, right? right? And so when you think about, you know, really what qualifies a person in America, you know, education is a big thing. And, uh, you know, there, there can be certain uh, qualifiers around income and socioeconomic status, etc. But who, I mean, who gets really to decide that? I mean, one thing that I say in my book is if, you know, if you were on a hike with some friends and you went missing and, and you know, it was getting dark or snow was coming in or something, would they be like, wait, let's see if she's verified on Instagram to see if she's worth saving, <laughs> you know? Or wait, right. how much money did she make while she did? she pay her taxes? You are important. Like your life is important to any, if you committed a felony, whatever, it's important because you're here and you didn't even choose that. So you didn't make you, you didn't decide this timing, but the, the creator that made the perfect dolphins, the sky, like every, like made you. And I'm not going to argue with that. Like, why would I create resistance in my own life when I'm here? This is my, this is my time to be alive. So like, well, there's nothing to question and I'm here for a reason. And it's my job to make that reason, like to, to fulfill that. And well, I think the life, a life world would be a better place if everybody adopted that attitude because mm-hmm. we don't, nobody, a lot of people don't realize that most people don't realize that they're qualified just because they're here, they're born. And, you know, boom, we're in the world. You know, my, my little one just turned 28 the other day and, you know, I can't believe, you know, she's 28 already and boom, they came into the world crying and let's hit the road, you know, running, like, let's go, let's live our lives. And kids know it, kids know it, right, Jody? They're not like, is it okay that I'm here? Is it okay that I make noise? Is it okay if I play with that? (laughs) They're just like, this is all for me. You're right. If you watch a toddler, that's exactly how they'll behave. Like, this is all for me. Like, this is, I'm going to take this. I want to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they don't have any hangups yet. They haven't lived long enough to have all these hangups that we end up falling into. Mm -hmm. So um, let's do, do you want to add anything more about that? Uh, I would just say that sometimes I think we're always waiting for something, right? We just think, 
when the, when someone likes me, right? Or when, you know, maybe when I finish a certification, that won't make you feel any different, right? Everything else external can be nice, right? And it's not, this isn't to diss anything, right? Education is great or having cool connections, it's great. They can be helpful. All of these things can be benefits, but nothing matches the brilliance, uniqueness, qualified you that just exists because you're here on earth right now. Nothing matches that. Have you ever had uh, a client come to you that you were like, no, I just can't find anything that's... Yes. Yes, I have. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. And the only people I've found who aren't responsive to help are those who don't actually want it. Mm. And there are some people, they say they want it, they seek it out, but there is no willingness to be uncomfortable. There is no willingness to tell a new story. And so in those cases, you, you, you lovingly let them be who they are because some people are actually happy being unhappy. Yes. You know, there's still, there's sometimes a comfort in that or a, just a familiarity and they don't want any change. And what's wrong with that? Like that can also be your life. That can be okay. That's their story, but that makes me mm -hmm. sad, but that's not my story. So, right. You've let those people go. It's just like (laughs) when a a client comes to me and cries to me about wanting to lose weight and, Mm -hmm. you know, looking better and feeling better for herself, for her significant other. And Mm -hmm. then we work on it and I come up with a plan and I coach them and nothing changes. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had to pull it back over the years and say, this isn't about me. It's mm-hmm. about them. And if this might not be the right time and, you know, you lovingly let them go. Absolutely. The way they came in, you let them go. You know, Jody, I say all the time, even for example, with the media, because I help people grow their visibility and brand in the media. My question actually in one of my, in my survey is how committed are you? And unless someone's a 10, they're a no. Like they're a no, because I can take someone who doesn't have very many skills or much experience, but if they're committed and willing, like we can go places, right? If you're willing, but if you're brilliant and unwilling, I, my help is going to be useless. Right. Because they're not willing to take that risk. They're not willing to get uncomfortable with you. And people throw that word around, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I Mm -hmm. think we've all kind of just let it, it, it's lost its meaning over, over time because it's overused. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, not to me, but maybe to other people. But it just, I mean, if you really, really think about that, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's really, it's so poignant. Oh my gosh, Jodi. Uh, just yesterday, one of one of my students, she said to me, I think I'm going to puke. Like, I'm so scared of what I'm doing. And I'm like, good, puke. Puke then. Who cares? So what? Like, if you're so nervous, you puke, you puke, you'll get over it. Have a glass of water and get back to it. Like, what's so serious here? And of course, she didn't even puke, but just that feeling of like, this is so scary. Yeah. Okay. You can sit with that. It won't kill you. Like, that's how I felt for the first 10 episodes I recorded live here. There you go. Is everyone listening? I wanted to throw up. I was like, I I don't know if I have to pee again or if I have to throw (laughs) up or if I have to. To drink more water or what it is. And now, you, you know, have to keep doing it. You just have yes, to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. And Jody, a lot of people wouldn't believe that. They'd be like, oh no, she's on stage in a bikini. A podcast, you know, a, a show like this is nothing. And it well, every new thing is scary to everything's hot before it's easy. Absolutely. Um, could you share the story about uh when you got the the mean messages on your YouTube channel and you called your friend, your Scottish friend. Yes. And can you just, yeah. Can you tell that story? Yes. Well, I love YouTube and I consume so much and I have a YouTube channel, which I'm really having so much building. Tell us what it is. 
just my name, Susie Moore. Okay, okay. S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R. If you go there, you check out my videos. I love it. I started it a long time ago. And, you you, you know, you pop your videos up. And then it's easy kind of to forget. People email you. They join your list because of them. But it's not like I go and really check my comments actively. But one day, I had the bright idea of reading the comments. (laughs) And some, and you can be anonymous on YouTube. So people are particularly mean there. Trolling. And uh, <laughs> courageous, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, someone said that I look like a man. <laughs> and so and look, so first of all, that is just, that's a comment from somebody whose name I don't know. And, you know, that's cool. But I was so upset about it right in the moment. Right. I was like, I create this content. I do my best to look nice. I, I put my heart out there. And this person says I look like a man. And then I called my friend, Fiona, who she used to be my boss. She's been a big mentor for me. And she heard my whole rant as soon as she picked up. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, and she said, so what? And that was it. Pause. And I'm like, what do you mean, so what? <laughs> this is me. This is unacceptable. And she's like, oh, what, some rando? Like, you know better. You know better than to be upset at that. And like wind out of the sails. <laughs> you can imagine all the momentum. I wanted the sympathy. Like, oh, how dare they? I don't even know if it's a man or a woman telling me, you know. But it's, I mean, that was, I mean, that opens my so what chapter because it can be applied to Really 99% of things. And I I, I I think that's such a great comment to have that. And it's an attitude. It's really mm-hmm. an attitude. A confident uh, attitude. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can't let that stuff stop us from what we want to do going forward. Because oh, if we that. let the haters, and you say something about the haters, I have it on my phone. The haters are just, what do you say oh, about haters? Oh, just a quote from Paolo Coelho. So I, I, I love him. He wrote The Alchemist, which is yes. one of the selling books of all time. He I have to read it. Haters are confused admirers who can't figure out why everybody loves you. <laughs> okay, can you say that one more time? Yes. Think about have- this. It's true. Haters are confused admirers who can't figure out why everybody loves you. So, That's the show. There you ha- go. Confidence, and there you go. Because <laughs> it's it's so true. Well, think about it. Attention is love, right? Attention. The worst thing you can do for a child is neglect them. I mean, I worked as an au pair in France. It's 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 worse to the worst thing you do is, is be invisible to a parent or to a caretaker. And so, if I'm getting all this attention, even if it's hate, me and my masculine features, uh, that's still some love. It's still something. It's still attention and. Even though it doesn't feel great, we I can live with it. And by the way, if you really worry about hate or if you're really sensitive, you'll particularly like stop checking your likes because it's really permission giving. And uh, you realize just how, how it means nothing. It's nothing to do with you. It, you're not in it. Any comments you get, good, good ones too, good and bad. Right. If you can just re- retain your steadiness no matter what, then gosh, I mean, it's amazing what you can create. So the reason you name the book, Stop Checking Your Likes, Mm -hmm. is because it's really this need for approval. And this is what Mm -hmm. the whole book is about, about Mm -hmm. teaching us that we do not need anybody's approval to go forward in a confident way. And all of your chapters, there are um, uh, 14 chapters about how you touch upon different parts of our personalities and what we do and what stops us from actually being like living this mm-hmm. this beautiful life with laughter and joy because laughter and joy help us be creative, help us in our relationships, have us, you know, it, and it stops us from going forward. It actually stalls our progress. 
Mm-hmm. And I know that one of the most common regrets people have on their deathbed is, you know, I wish I let myself be happier. Yeah. And that's not a regret that I'm willing to have. <laughs> Me either. No way. Like, and, and happiness, like confidence is really such a decision, no matter what, you can give two people the same problem, the same challenge, the same background, the same, you know, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. And you'll see like the, the decision to, to like find some, find some, something funny about it, right? To, to see it as something that is temporary, right? To think that there is something to learn here. It's it really, we're so powerful, Jody. Like, and when we kind of just abdicate that power all the time, give it to other people, I think that's, that. This is how we have a regret-filled life versus a regret-proofed life. And I think that's just so important for people to understand the laughter, the no regrets. Really think about that, the no regrets. Mm. I I know so many people who work so hard and you're like, do you want to go to your deathbed saying, I wish I spent an hour more in the office? No, you'll never, ever, ever, ever say that, right? Ah, unless you're having a really good time at the office and maybe, who knows, maybe you're flirting with somebody, go for your life, right? Like, right. But, but not if you're suffering, right? right. If, if you're suffering or if you have this story, like suffering, suffering is sometimes your currency, right? It can be like, oh, look at me. I'm so busy today. It's like, I'm not available for that, Jody. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Are you? I'm over here having a blast. Yeah, I'm not available for it either. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, uh, since you have such a great attitude about life and, and helping your clients live their best life ever, I'm just going to put mm-hmm. it in that neat little mm-hmm. thing right there, mm-hmm. because that's what you're really doing is bringing this joy and this love and, and showing them that they have the confidence to have this life, that they can take risks and they will have no regrets. So what does living a fearlessly authentic life mean to you? Mm, trusting your intuition, following your curiosity about things, and giving yourself full permission to mess up, letting it be messy, not worrying about being original or perfect or any of the things that apply pressure, and do like trusting what feels good. That I just got chills from that because I don't think we everything you've discussed today. I don't think none enough of us practice those things Mm. and really embrace like who we are, that we've got the qualities to have the most fulfilling and joyful and happy life. And that we should be laughing as much as a five-year-old or a (laughs) four-year-old is laughing and that we should laugh. Like we've laughed so many times today already. Like you are very infectious. So um, we have one minute left. So give everybody your handles and all that information. So, and the name of the book again. So stop checking your likes. It arrives in the U.S. next day on Amazon currently. It's always changing a bit, but fabulous. And my my website has uh, all of my social media handles and a lot of free confidence resources. So you can just head on over to Susie, S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E.com. Susie Moore. Thank you so, so much for shedding so much light on everything. Um, it has been a complete joy to have you on the show. Thank you. What a joy to be here. Thank you, Jody. Mwah. Mwah. <gasps> Yay. Yay. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 